What's up, everybody? How we doing? How we living? Austin Cunningham and Justin Trees coming back to you on this beautiful Tuesday. Hopefully, it is going beautiful for you. Monday, maybe it sucked. Guess what? New day. Your week's still going strong. And let's go ahead and get rolling in here to talking football. Trees, how have you been doing, man? Doing great, Austin. Super excited about being on. All the preseason games were this weekend, and I'm excited to talk about them. Talk about who who did well, who did bad. What do we got else to worry about for the rest of the preseason games? Dude, you're telling me exciting news. Um, let's just go ahead and head right on into this because I'm, like I said, I'm excited to talk about this. I'm ready to get going. We watched all the games. We've already kind of had our own personal conversations through the weekend with it, and now we get to do it here, and I'm pumped. But first, let's start with the breaking news that took place, I believe, on Friday with a Twitter thread about Antonio Brown. Bottom line, the dude didn't like his helmet situation. The NFL regulated and said, hey, you can't wear this style helmet anymore. I'm sorry. We're cutting it out. Antonio Brown goes, screw that. This is bullshit. Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady get to wear this helmet. So then he leaves practice in a storm. This the equipment staff <laughs> sends him a text message of Aaron Rodgers in camp wearing a different, like a newer helmet. Tony Brown's like, crap. Okay, comes in the next day, no fits. Apparently another couple days go by. He then wears his old Steelers helmet that he sp- had spray painted to look like the Raiders, and they caught it. This dude spray painted a helmet. He's an NFL player playing for an NFL team. In the NFL, and he spray paints a helmet. Like, dude, this is ridiculous. And then now he's just throwing fits, and now we're in a mix of him threatening to retire. And he, on top of it, he's got frostbitten feet. And, oh, my gosh. Trees, what are your thoughts on this? Because to me, it's just an utter mess, and Pittsburgh's got to be sitting pretty right now. Pittsburgh's 100% sitting pretty right now. But the best part is, like, he's gone back and forth on – Okay, I'm okay with this new helmet. Two days later, I'm not okay with it. I am okay with it. Going behind back doors, spray painting that shit. <laughs> Little fucking stickers that he buys at the gas station <laughs> to put on the, for the Raiders logo. The dude is insane. Like, he already has issues, clearly. And now there's reports that he went to the NFL during their meeting and said, if I get a concussion wearing this new helmet, I'm suing you. That's what he told the NFL. Like The NFL's like, what are you talking about? We are clearly <laughs> trying to prevent that by not having yeah. a 10-year-old technology helmet. Like, what, what do you have that's 10 years old that still works? I don't know anything that I've owned for 10 years that still works. I looked at his helmet, and it's the it's the old, just round-styled one, and there's a huge gap so where he can see better. And I guess that was his argument, is I won't be able to see the same. Travis Kelsey wears a similar type helmet and has a good clearing view as well. Just wear a helmet like him. You're going to be fine. I mean, yes. a helmet, I don't think it plays that big a part you know, of what it's going to be, especially if it's just for your safety. You're going to get used to it. There's a reason you're supposed to be wearing it now. And so by the time the season starts, you've adjusted. I'm sure there is some bit of a difference on how it feels and, you know, the range of viewage, I guess you would say, within your eyesight and, you know, feeling on the ball and everything. But, man, come on. You're 30. You're about to set 
a record on how not necessarily necessarily a record. You're about to get a ton of money, like thirty million dollars, and you're threatening to lose that over a helmet. Speaking of money, that's another issue that's that's the problem right now, right? There's the reports in that thread that says that he was showing up late to meetings or not at meetings. And when he was in meetings, he was playing on his iPad the whole time and he would put it up so everybody could see it on the table. And he would either be playing games or looking at his bank account so everybody could see how much money he has. I heard he was also liking pictures on Instagram. And Instagram, yes. I did read that one as well. There was a third one. I couldn't remember what it was. Of course. Of course. <laughs> In a meeting, just scrolling through the gram. Hey, how much money do I have? Oh, same amount. What's up? You see that, boys? You see that? This is what happens. This is what happens. <laughs> what it's a ridiculous. joke, man. <laughs> you and I have had this conversation, and so have millions of other people. But if... Tuesday's episode, I guess tonight's for all of you listening to this episode of Hard Knocks is not 99.9% about this story. It is a fail on Hard Knocks part. Absolutely. I mean, you hit the game between the Rams and the practice and then you go straight back to Antonio Brown. Like that's what all of this should be about. I want to hear Gruden's reactions. I want to hear what Derek Carr has to say. The receivers coach, maybe the owner and then you can go ahead and get into practice in any jaw dropping or anything with that. Maybe with Marcus Peters engaging with the Oakland Raiders, blah, blah, blah. Do the game. And then I want to hear what's going on with Antonio Brown some more. Yeah. And give me the equipment manager. I need him yeah. on it at yeah. least two or three times on this episode for sure. For <laughs> sure. Um, sorry, I'm going to change subjects here for a second. My condolences to the Steelers organization. You, you mentioned yeah. wide receiver coach. Heartbreaking story. Their wide receiver coach passed away in his sleep last, well, tonight, Sunday night, or sorry, Saturday night to Sunday morning. So heartbreaking. That's that's tough to see. So just I, we needed to bring that up. Yeah. Um, Touched a lot of lives, influenced the game, was with some of the NFL's premier talent. I mean, currently working with Juju Smith-Schuster. I saw his heartfelt message. You know, you can tell he's hurting right now. Um, like you said, condolences, T's and P's to the Steelers organization, family and friends and players that he's coached. I mean, it's just it's a tough thing to go through. It is for sure. Let's move on to a few other notes before we get into some preseason games. Uh, Robert Quinn out for a few weeks. With uh, suspended, right? Or and then he broke his hand as well. Robert Quinn for the Cowboys. So. That's a tough tough loss for their defense, but hey, I mean, they did they'll fine without him last year, right? Yeah. They'll, yeah, be they'll bounce back. They'll be fine. Yep. yep. What about Claiborne, man? Your team. I'm excited about it. Mo Claiborne, baby. Let's roll. Reunited with uh, the Honey Badger, Tyron Matthew. Um, he's been dealing with a couple injuries within the last two years with the Jets. But it looks like he's healthy now, and he's excited to come in. And the way Spagnuolo's defense is run within the within the corners position, I believe it's going to be good for him. Like I think he's going to come in and understand and fit. Yes, it's going to take time for him to kind of grasp the the scheme and everything, you know, and the verbiage once more. But I think once it gets time to play and he gets through his suspension, I believe it's a four game suspension, and he's going to be good to go. And I'm I'm excited for it. So let's roll, baby. Yeah, that, that's the only, that was the only surprise for me is that they signed him now with him being suspended four games. You, it kind of felt like the thing that they could have waited. But at the same time, if he's suspended, he can't practice, so you get him in now. So it actually makes total sense. 
Yeah, and they only signed him for like $1.5 million, a one-year contract. So, I mean, a good risk or a small risk for a huge, you know, potential high reward. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Let's just get into what everybody wants to hear about. Let's talk about all the games. Let's start yes, out sir. with Col- Colts and Bills. So, I'll, I'll, I'll kick us off just since yes. I'm the one that brought yes. up that game. So, the Bills. I'll start out. Sorry, I'm, I made that a little awkward for everyone. I apologize. So, the Bills' pass defense last year was number one in the NFL. Their rush defense was 16th in the NFL. They did end up as a top three defense overall. So, they clearly made a point to focus in on making sure they can stop the run. One reason why they took Ed Oliver at number nine overall. The Colts. They're running backs, not kind of their quarterback rush, because I know Ch- Chad Kelly had a fair amount of yards, but running backs only, I believe they had 18 rushes for 52 yards. If you can do that and keep your pass defense up, this defense is going to be number one in the NFL this year, as we've said multiple times on this podcast. And that is the reason that they would threaten the Patriots to win this division. Absolutely. I mean, that's just that's a good game to start the year off with. That gives them a lot of confidence moving forward. That gives all of their players the, hey, we, we have a shot here. Now, the only thing that's going to hold them back is truly themselves. Are they going to get in the game with the Patriots and go, shoot, it's the Patriots. Like, we're playing the Patriots today. Holy crap, that's Tom Brady. Wow, that's Bill Belichick. And then about halftime, you're like, okay, it's just another game. They're just a quarterback and a head coach. We're fine. And then maybe by that time, it's too late. But like you said, they're they they are looking to be the top defense this year, and I'm excited to see it happen. Yeah, absolutely. What game you want to go into next? Um, let's go ahead and head off into the uh, the New York showdown, the other one between the Giants and the Jets. Uh, let's go ahead and get with the Giants here. Saquon looked good, but another guy that looked pretty good himself, Daniel Jones. Now he wasn't just given an easy an easy set of passes to wide-open guys. I mean, he was making throws. He made a throw getting hit. He was throwing the out route on third down to get the first down and then leads his team down the field for the touchdown in the end zone. I think if he's playing starters, that ball gets batted down, maybe intercepted. But that pass getting caught for a touchdown, this only adds to his confidence. This dude was getting booed since the moment he was drafted. Goes to throw out a first pitch in the Yankees game, gets booed. Guess what? There wasn't anyone booing that night. Everyone was like, holy cow, this guy might be the real deal. And as someone that we know said, would say, Daniel Danger Zone Jones, baby, was looking pretty solid. Mr. Kiefer, that's for you. But I'm excited to see what he can do from here on out because if he can continue to grow and Eli Manning starts out poor, even if it's not his fault, I think a lot of noise for Daniel Jones starts to erupt. Oh, yeah, for sure. If he does this another game or two, so if he does this next week and then Eli plays game three and Eli doesn't do well, that is when the noise officially starts. Mm -hmm. You will start hearing chirping and who knows what happens in those final two weeks. And again, we all know that Eli's starting the season. Like there's no, like no matter what he's starting, it's at what time does this coaching staff finally just, Say enough is enough, and we have to move on. I don't think it's the coaching staff. I think it's going to be the ownership. I mean, yeah, there's that's... too much of a relationship there for Eli and the Manic family where it's, we're kicking this guy out. 
because they want it to be where he ends the way he, that you know he they want him to go out on his on his terms and his way. But that's just not how the NFL is sometimes, man. Like sometimes you can't go out. It sucks to go out that way, but you do, and that's it is what it is, and you just got to go. Yeah, I mean, the Colts moved on from his brother Peyton Manning. I think I think that should give you an answer. I mean, seriously. So, if that is the right thing to do, then I think it's what they need to do. Let's go ahead and get into our next game here. Yours truly, your closet fanhood of a team, and then your favorite team, the Baltimore Ravens versus the Jags. Talk about a blowout of 29-0. to zero. Um, I know it's the preseason and it doesn't really matter, but, boy, you talk. <coughs> Excuse me. Woo! I just want to ask, how did you feel about Minshew just getting derailed? Yeah, that was a bad hit, but he shouldn't drop the snap. <laughs> so, first off, but here's the thing. The Ravens started a lot of their starters on both sides of the balls and played multiple series. I think I think Lamar Jackson ended up playing three or four, four series overall. Oh, wow, I didn't realize that. Yeah. He their starting offense came up with 10 points against the Jaguars number 2 and 3. The Jaguars sat 33 players. 33 players did not play for the Jaguars. Just out of curiosity, why? That's just how they do it. They're just like we're not going to we're not going to get injured. They're like we I think it's they have their offense and like they're nobody's really fighting for a position, really. Like the right tackle uh-huh. right tackle they're fighting with Jawan Taylor. Uh right guard there's some discussion, but I don't think that there's actually movement. And then on the defense, literally everything's set. So nothing nothing that really to play true. for. I mean, so Josh Allen did play. I so I guess technically he he will be a starter. But still, 32, 33 guys sat out. And Josh Allen, first play, dude, lit up the running back for a one-yard loss. Very first play of his NFL career, and it was badass. So that was good to see. Like him shed a block, shed a left tackle block. It was Stanley. Shed off him and then get the tackle. It was fantastic. Obviously, you need to be worried that you didn't score a single point. Like, you, you need to be worried. That's If you're playing any any starters or not, come on. Like so, that's that's a real concern. But I think I think they come out next week and they play the starters for an entire quarter, and I bet they put up fourteen points and just tell everybody, "Hey, calm down, relax." Yep. That's so a good way to think about it. Yeah. So we'll see. Um, I'm not going to panic yet. Like you said, it's preseason. Um, but you know, we'll see. We'll see how it goes. I think they play on Friday night, so we'll see how it goes then. Okay. Cool. Um, I just want to go ahead and say this real quick about Lamar Jackson. I didn't think he had that impressive a game. Yeah, everyone's like, oh, he came out, you know, six or seven, da 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 or whatever he threw. I wasn't too excited about it. I was not impressed. I mean, the throws that he made, I feel like I could have made those. No, I am not an NFL quarterback. I think I'm maybe a decent D2 quarterback, maybe, but that's about it. You know, like, that's all I am. I'm. There's no way I'm in that competitive field. But the throws that he was making or the open guys that he had, it just didn't look like it would be that difficult to do. And it, it, I mean, yes, I get the excitement for Lamar Jackson. Yes, he's looking good in camp, whatever. But if it's all going to be schematic plays or whatnot, that is good. But that game one of the preseason, I was not. I was. I'm still not on the Lamar Jackson bandwagon train of yeah, let's go franchise quarterback. 
Yeah. So, like I said earlier, the offense, they put up 10 points on four drives. So, against non-starting defense. So, yeah, there's that concern. But I think overall, he, he looked all right. I mean, he was making throws, and the ball was looking clean out of his hand. So, it's kind of what you wanted to see at that point. I'm not going to... I'm not going to do it for anybody this week that I'm going to be like, oh shit, this is, this is game changing. I'm not going to do it. I'm sorry. I'm not going to buy into it. And, and that includes Daniel Jones, but it's fine. Like, like you said, he went, he went four for six, 60 yards. I mean, that's a 10 yards per pass average. That, that's a high number. Like, so you do like to see that. You mm-hmm. like to see that they were trying that. That means they were stretching the field. They weren't doing complete dump offs the entire time. And he did not run, which was a good thing. I I would yes. like to see that. That was that was actually the biggest takeaway I, I saw from that game was he wasn't he was okay with not scrambling. He didn't need to prove anything. Let's go ahead and get into our next game here. Cleveland versus Washington. Baker Mayfield and the Browns. They had a good starting drive. Baker looked pretty decisive, you know, looked like he was going through his reads well. It also may have been just the setup of, hey, this is what we're running these first fifteen plays. Let's go ahead and get him. Let's see how we do. He nailed it. He had a good throw, I believe, to Higgins. You know, yep. over the linebacker underneath the safety for a touchdown. Good play by him. And Madden that gets tipped in the air. An interception for a pick six. Gotta love it. Fuck Madden. Um, real quick, back to this, though. I mean, Baker looked all right. The Browns looked good. Uh, I believe it was, it's not Alex Mack, is it? Or in Mack Wilson, excuse me. Mack Wilson looked good for the Browns. Had two interceptions. A guy for Washington that didn't look as good as what I think a lot of people were hoping for was Dwayne Haskins. He did not have that impressive of a game. Yeah, I also didn't think it was that bad, though. I know he threw the two picks, but I actually thought they were just more very, very good plays by Wilson than they were anything else. Uh, Yes, I agree. He probably had the worst outing out of all the rookie quarterbacks, so I can agree with you there. But I also think that he was playing against... Probably the team that played the most starters as well. So oh, really, I guess I didn't know that. Yeah. So the Browns, they played a lot of their. I know that like their receivers didn't start, and I know that some of the defensive guys didn't play much. But from what I saw, a lot of them were playing, and I think that most of them actually were out by the time he threw his second pick. But his first pick, I think they were in there. But so for me, the whole thing was, <coughs> I think that the Colt or. Colts the Browns were they were super hyped right like and Mm -hmm. I feel like they were they were kind of just trying to prove a point of like yeah this hype is real and I went super aggressive on their play calling on that first drive that's what what I felt because I mean even they even challenged a play in preseason and Baker Mayfield was like yeah let's go yeah challenge a play in the preseason that's my coach yeah 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 I was like Baker's uh I guess Relax. you love it. I guess you love it. Yeah. Yeah, you guess you love it. So, I, and I'm not saying there's anything wrong with what they're doing. Like, there's nothing wrong. Like, you want to you want to play with energy and all that. So don't. I don't want it to come across as I'm hating on what they did. I just felt like, I felt like they came out way more aggressive than a lot of other teams do during preseason game one. Good or bad, whatever it is, right? So, but they executed, and that's the key. They executed and. His drive was really, really good. Like, there's nothing you could say about it except for the throws that he was making were fucking good. And you only wonder what can be with when he has Landry and OBJ on the field. No joke. No so, joke. Yep. Um, 
Sorry, and I'm gonna go back. I, I hate that we are we're going back, but we didn't talk about Sam Darnold during that Giants game. So Sam Darnold looked good. Did he? Yeah, yeah. His opening drive looked really good. Not yeah, a lot of people were right. talking. He had the. Uh, that is right. I remember seeing it. The stepping into the pocket, keeping his eyes downfield. I believe it was just tight end that he hit kind of on the right middle side of the yeah. field. Hurt him. Yep. enough room to get up and get it, and then they gained about an extra 10 to 15 yards. Yep, and then hitting Jamison Crowder in the slot for the touchdown. Jamison yes. Crowder's going to be so big for them this year. He's going to be so big. It's crazy. They're how gonna shock, they may shock some people. I mean, the Bills and the Jets are going to make some noise in the AFC East, man. They will. I think they're going to—I think that—and that's another reason why we think the Bills make it is because I think that those teams can— hurt the Patriots this year. I think they finally can. So, yeah. All right. Sorry, I just had to go back. I didn't want any of our oh, Jets good. fans to be like, what the fuck? You're not talking about my quarterback? <laughs> when yeah. he actually did very well. So, good well, for him. S- speaking of a quarterback that did well in the AFC East, this AFC East, the AFC East, I don't know where that accent came from. <laughs> Excuse me. Uh, Jarrett Stidham looked pretty good for the Patriots. I remember in Mobile sitting there with Mello going, hey, Stidham doesn't look too bad today, man. He looks like he's doing better than Daniel Jones at time. And I know a lot of the, the concerns that came with him out of Auburn was bad decision-making or poor timing on his throws or whatnot. But I think a lot of it had to do with his offensive line play. And he came out with the Patriots who always have a good offensive line and give their quarterbacks time. And he came and showed out. Another rookie that showed out for him was Nikhil Harry. He looked really good, had a good contested catch. With Detroit, though, I mean, I don't know what to take from that game. I don't know if it was good or bad. What, yeah, I mean, what but, were your thoughts with Detroit? So it sucks. So Curse, one of their big signings in free agency, wide receiver, formerly of the Jets and Seahawks, uh-huh. he broke his leg. So that hurts. That was like the second or third play of the game, got rolled up on. So that's a, that's a bummer. But overall, I mean, a lot of the starters didn't play. So it's hard to really say, but you were hoping to see more from like CJ Anderson. I know he only had two carries, but two carries for two yards. I mean, like that was like a big signing for you guys to be like, okay, it's CJ Anderson, carry on Johnson. That's our two headed monster. Let's go. You hope to see a little bit more from that. Jesse James, only one catch again, only one target though. Uh, Nothing from their rookie tight end. Hawkinson did nothing. He he literally is not. I didn't see a single thing from him, and I apologize, everybody. I'm looking. Yeah, not a single catch either. So it wasn't that I just didn't see it. It just didn't. It happen. just didn't happen. <laughs> yeah. So. Well, maybe maybe things will get easier. I really haven't heard much out of Detroit either. I know they had some big additions with Trey Flowers and some extra pieces on their defense. Yeah. And like you said, their offense as well, but. It sucks not being able to see game one, you know, like we've said here several times as well. You can't take too much out of the preseason. The preseason fools everyone every year, and so you can't take too much out of it. Guys are going to play. Guys are going to be hurt. Guys will not play. It's just part of it. You you take what you can from it, and you move forward. You hope to see the guys that are fighting positions make plays to stay on it, and then when they're given the opportunity in the real season and a real game and a real moment that they make the most of it, Right now, this is just where we're at with the preseason. It happens every year. Yeah, for sure. And especially week one, you have the 
training camp legs. Like everybody's super tired, right? And like you start practicing a little bit less as training camp goes on, but you're going full go until that first preseason game. So there's a lot of guys that maybe they look a little bit slower than what you remember or think they should. And it's just because they're tired and just over the next couple of weeks, they'll get more rest and everything will be fine. That's a very solid point as well. Heading into our next game here, Miami versus Atlanta. Trees, I want you to go ahead and take over this one. Yeah, so Atlanta, dude, I think I said it during after the Hall of Fame game too, but their play action on that stretch play, if they can get the stretch play going, which that's Freeman's forte. When Freeman's healthy, he's fucking good at that stretch. And if they can get that going, this play action that Dirk Cutter's trying to get going is going to be so deadly. And that is when you get guys like Ridley and Julio on those crossing routes that, that are like 10 to 15 yards. You get freaking bootleg with Matt Ryan, hit him, and then he'll. they always get another like 10 yards after the catch. I think that this offense is just going to be so deadly. I just, I think too many people are sleeping on Atlanta. I really think that they're going to be one of the best in the NFC. Again, We've been saying it for a while. We have. I think I really think they're going to the NFC championship game. I think I think they have that type of talent as long as they can stay healthy. Yep. And then do you want to talk about Miami or do you want me to talk about Miami? You go ahead because I'm going to be optimistic about them and you're going to be the opposite. Yeah, I am. Rosen's going to get murdered in the backfield. This offensive line is so bad. He was Awful. running for his life every snap I saw. It was ridiculous. I watched like two and a half series, and I was like, I got I to gotta turn this. I, I can't do it anymore. He did make some good throws, but a lot of them were, some of them were like, uh, you should not throw that against starters. That shit's pick six all the way. But they end up catches in this. Preston Williams, a couple amazing catches. He is, he's making a name for himself, that's for sure. And then... Fitzpatrick pulling out his inner Patrick Mahomes with a no look pass. Dude, it was a very weak no like I feel like there was no reason for it too. It was, hey, I'm running out here. Okay, he's running to the sideline. We're running the same way. How about I just kind of look straight at the defender and then throw it over here? He still did it though. Hey, yeah, I bet it felt cool. It did look as good as it felt, I'm sure, there, Fitzpatrick. But uh I am happy with how Rosen played, and I'm excited with what Preston Williams did. The guy that was initially set as a first-round type, you know, talent receiver, but had off-field issues. I believe there was a domestic. Not, I'm not even gonna say anything because I don't know, and I don't want to put any false information out there. So there, I know there was off-field issues, and that was the reason why he fell in the draft. But Miami may have gotten a steal here, dude, because if Rosen can hit him like they were the other night, and then you throw in Albert Wilson, Parker, and Stills with Drake, I mean, that's some decent weapons there. Like, that's some good speed. And don't forget about Grant, the kid out of Texas Tech. That was Patrick Mahomes' speedster when he was there. So, really, the one thing Miami needs to do is get a defense and an offensive line, and you may have something there. Because the rest of the AFC is just taken off, and you're just kind of sitting there dumbfounded with not much of an offensive line. Yeah, they need to get their shit together quick or they're going to be left in the dust. Yep. Uh, the next game we have here, Tennessee versus Philadelphia. I didn't really watch much of this game, but it looks like you have noted Adam Humphreys is going to lead this team in catches. Looks like to be the next Wes Welker. Yeah, 
I think that he's going to be their West Walker. They paid him a lot of money. He chose he chose the Titans over the Patriots in free agency. And he had I think he had 7 targets in the first two drives. He he's going to be a just a reception machine. I think 100 receptions is easily doable for him. Again, AJ Brown not practicing, so I think that as long as he's not playing, I th- that's just more routes for him, more catches and we still don't know about Delaney Walker. Dude's getting older, coming off of that gruesome injury in week one last year. I don't know how healthy he is. So overall, I mean, Mariota didn't look bad. Went four for eight. But Tannehill looked better. He looked better. Because he is better. I mean, he had two throwing touchdowns. I think their third-string quarterback had two throwing touchdowns as well. Um, I didn't really see much. A.J. Brown didn't even play, did he? No, he hasn't. He hasn't practiced yet, unless he practiced Gosh. late last week. I don't. I didn't see it, so I I don't know what's going on with that situation. But Philadelphia, I didn't see much out of them either. Their defense looked solid. Their offensive line looked pretty set. Um, I know their backup quarterback. I think he hurt. I don't know if he broke his wrist, but he had a wrist injury. He did. So, he had surgery. He's out for the next seven weeks. That's not good for the Eagles. Yeah, because Cody if Carson Wentz gets hurt. Yikes! It's Cody Kessler, which is yikes. Unless unless he's playing the Colts, of course, because he can beat the Colts like he did with Jacksonville last year. That that amazing, uh, I believe it was six to zero game. He led him to two field goal drives. Hey, oh, hey! Sometimes that's all you need. Sometimes <laughs> that's all you need. It's true. It's very true. So, <laughs> but still, though, like, sorry, but when? So, if he goes down, I mean, that was the big thing, though, right? When they let Foles go, it was. Once you stay healthy or we're fucked. It doesn't matter who our backup is at this point. I don't think anybody can do what Nick Foles was doing. No, I think you're right. And, I mean, like we've said before when he signed, like that's a good fit for the Jaguars. That's good for Nick Foles. Not for the Eagles, though, because if Wentz goes down, I know we've said this three or four times now, it's just it's not going to be good. Like that's another season just gone. That's a lot of money there with an injury-prone quarterback. And that's just going to add to that feeling of sadness and being scared for Eagles fans. Heading into our next game, the Bears versus the, pa- the Bears versus the Panthers. Montgomery looked pretty good, man. He looked pretty good. Caught the ball out of the backfield well. Um, there's apparently reports coming out that Mr. Bisky's not looking too good in camp, throwing a lot of interceptions, so that's kind of scary. But now is the time to be throwing. He didn't even play the other night. Chase Daniel did. The guy's just making a living as a backup quarterback. Keep doing you, man. But Trubisky, before we get into that, let's talk about the Panthers. Did you see anything with the Panthers that you liked? I think Will Greer is going to be doable. I really do. Like, he's going to be fine. I He he threw an interception, but he threw a touchdown. I think it was like 180 passing yards. He looked fine. He didn't look overwhelmed. He looked like he had control of the offense. If something happens to Cam, I think that the Panthers are going to say, we're okay. Like, we can run an offense with Will Greer. They might run a better one. I mean, with North Turner as the offensive coordinator, and that's nothing against Cam, but I feel like Greer might be his more style of a quarterback than Cam Newton is. For sure. I mean, Will Greer is a very Philip Rivers-type quarterback. Mm-hmm. Young in their careers, right? So, yeah, but going back to the Bears, yeah, Montgomery – Good game, three catches, 30-something yards, three rushes, 16 yards. So, yeah, he looked good, but 
like Tariq Cohen didn't. I don't even know if he played actually. Now that I'm thinking about it, I don't remember seeing him on the field. I don't maybe think he did. did. Yeah, but so like, I mean, that's going to be kind of a running back by committee in a in a sense. And we can't forget about Mike Davis. He came over from Seattle, and he's actually started the game with the offense with the number ones. Mike Davis is he's going to steal carries just like he did did in uh, Seattle. He had 145 touches last year with Seattle. That's that's going to be their game. It, it might be a three-headed monster. In the end, I think Montgomery probably takes that job, but I don't think it's like from week one. I think it's later on in the season. What is Tariq Cohen's role? I mean, is he a receiver? Is he a running back? Is he just an athlete? I mean, what they need? I think that's what they need to figure out as well with Cohen's. Like, what what do you want him to be for your team? Yeah, I mean, they use him as a running back, and I think he does great there. And they, they like to put him out into the slot to get some, get him in open field and everything. Uh, I liked how they used him last year, honestly. I thought that was very good. Not too many touches with the small frame. Like You got you to gotta keep him sparingly. He's not a 20-touch guy, like, but like an 8, 8 to 12-touch guy. Maybe even a little bit more would be ideal. But, I mean, if you're wanting to play it super safe, yeah, let's say 10. 10 to 12 touches per game, I think is an ideal thing for him not getting injured. Yeah, right on then. Uh, <laughs> heading into our next one, our next matchup, the Green Bay Packers versus Houston Texans. Boy, offensive line still looked like it had some problems. Deshaun yes. Watson didn't play at all. Who was the quarterback that played? I don't remember, I don't know his first name, Bell. but his last name is Webb. Or Sorry, well, Webb. I said Bell. I meant Webb. Yes, you're right. Yeah. Uh, Joe that Webb. Dude, Joe Webb, name. thank you. That dude didn't have a bad game. He threw like 45 times, though. Yeah. And it was running for his life as well. <laughs> it made Green Bay look really good. Uh, I don't think Aaron Rodgers played much. I think he not even a drive. Did he even suit up for this game? No. Yeah. Yeah. So he did not. The defense looked pretty good. I mean, their pass rush that they paid and drafted early. It looked good early in the game. I think that, and I know that you've said that this team wins the, their division. Uh, you've said that the NFC North is the Packers to lose. After seeing that, I was just like, oh, shit. They might be a little bit better than I expected. Yep. And the one last thing I want to note here about the Packers, Deshaun Kaiser. He kind of made some plays and throws. And I can't help but wonder if he would have waited a year to come out and played another year with Notre Dame, what the difference would be. Or if he would have gone to a team that wasn't the Browns. Yeah. Because yeah, he's, wonder he's how much really he's not from... that bad. Yeah, sorry. Um, no, he didn't look that bad. And do you, you wonder how much he's learned from Aaron Rodgers. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. It's interesting. Always, always go back and wonder those type of things. Always the what-if game. Another one, the Los Angeles Chargers versus Arizona. Um, what do you have here? The Chargers make a move with Tyrod if Stick keeps up to the playing level of what he did. Yeah, so my question is, I mean, he played awesome, right? And Tyrod is Tyrod. Like, everybody knows what he is. You wonder if there's, a, if there's some sort of camp injury at quarterback, if that's a move that the Chargers could make for a trade later on in the season or – late in the offseason, or sorry, preseason. I think that's a really good point. Sorry I read that as if I didn't know how to read. Um, what we have noted here is, do the Chargers make a move with Tyrod if Stick can keep playing the way he has in the preseason? And I think that's a very solid point. If an injury, if a major injury does take place, 
Tyrod's gone. Yeah. The Chargers, where do you need help at on that team? I mean, honestly, where is the real help needed for their team? I don't think they're much of anything away, but maybe you just grab draft picks from it and you get rid of them and you just keep adding to your team because Easton Stick did not look bad. He's a playmaking playmaking type quarterback. He can scramble. He can throw well. We saw it in North Dakota State. That's a D1 A-level type college. They play Missouri State, my alma mater. They destroyed them. I mean, they've won national championships. I think they won back-to-back, and that head coach is now the coach at Kansas State after Dan Snyder retiring. So, I mean, there's a lot of promise coming out of that university, and Stick has the opportunity to be a really good backup quarterback, if not a potential starter, once Phillip Rivers moves on. I know that's a lot to say right now, but it's not like the kid doesn't know how to play quarterback because when Carson Wentz got hurt in college, he stepped up as, I believe, a freshman or a sophomore and led them all the way to the national championship game to where Carson Wentz wasn't hurt anymore, comes in and wins the game. But Easton Stick, he's a good ball player. He is, man. Yeah, two rushes for 51 yards. Huge athlete, like you said. And then seven for 11. I think it was only for like 80 yards, but seven for 11, man. Like That's what you want to see from these type of guys. So you hate to see the injuries, and most— I don't want to say always, but most of the time quarterbacks don't always get injured. So you're just hoping that it like they all stay healthy and that move isn't had to be made. But I mean, what do the, what do the chargers do though? Like they can't put him on the practice squad. He'll get, he'll get swooped up. So you're going to go into every game with three active quarterbacks. Either that or you just rule them ineligible. Yeah. You know, I, several teams do that. The chiefs do it all the time. Yeah. The, uh, the opposite team here, Kyler Murray, didn't look like he was that bad, but the dude is short. Yeah. He looked tiny out there, dude. I mean, he looks significantly smaller than everyone else because he is, but it looks like he was hitting um, the out routes decently well. You know, he was hitting some, some, you know, on the opposite hashtag, opposite side of the field out routes and was putting the ball on the money. There's good zip on it. But like we have noted here, six for seven for 40, 40 yards. No, they're not going to show anything. But I kind of want to see more out of him as just an outside fan of the Cardinals to kind of have the mindset of, yeah, he's going to be okay. And I guess I just didn't see enough to kind of have that confidence with him. Yeah, and they're not going to show anything on their offense this entire preseason. They're going to be the most – I think they'll be the most vanilla team this entire preseason. They want to be able to, excuse me, really shock some teams early in the season, I think. But we'll see. Speaking of Kyler, though, he is a serious problem in Madden. I played with him the other day. I was breaking tackles when J.J. Watt was hitting me with him. Yeah, he would just break them. Like, no no big deal. I had three 60-plus-yard rushing touchdowns with him in the first half of the game. Holy cow. And it wasn't me just grabbing and scrambling. It was like me staying in the pocket, breaking a tackle, and then taking off. Like, he's unreal, dude. I'm going to have to try that. It's super fun. So I played with, like, four different teams, and I was just like, Kyler has to be one of them. I got to just see what it's like to have this type of athlete at quarterback. (laughs) (laughs) Do you play any game modes in Madden, or do you just play Madden and play it? Like, were you playing online, or were you just playing, like, an expedition match with the computer? Yeah, I was just playing the computer. Most of the time, I play online, and that's kind of all I do. But, yeah, I was just playing against the computer the other day. 
because I didn't have time to play a full game. Yep. Awesome. And then before we get into our last game here, let's go ahead and hit Denver and Seattle. Drew Locke looked a lot better this game. It looked like he had more zip into his ball, a lot more confidence stepping into the pocket, more than what we saw against Atlanta. So props to him there. I know I roasted him a lot our last episode with him playing Atlanta, but I got to give props to him. You know, It looked like he had better play calling as well, and so that helped out a decent bit. Um, what we have noted here, though, Freeman looks like he's going to be the guy, and I know you've been saying it, so I want you to go touch up on that. Yeah, I think that they took him third round out of Oregon for a reason, and I know they're very happy with what Philip Lindsay has been for them and what he did last year, but I just think that Freeman is the guy that they want. It's the style of offense that they want, and given I think that those two will both split carries, but when it's go time, I think that they're going to want to go with Freeman. And with Theo Riddick coming in and then breaking his shoulder within – three or four touches. He's out for eight weeks. Now it's back to Freeman for sure on passing downs, longer downs, and then short downs. I think it's going to be the Freeman show. You mean Lindsay on the longer downs, Freeman on the shorter? Does that not what I said? Did I mess that up completely? You said Freeman twice. Yeah, well, it's going to be the <laughs> Freeman show the whole time, everyone. That's what I'm saying. We, you just, said it, and I was just like, what, well, what's the other running back's name? Nope, that's so. what I meant. You got, you got my back. <laughs> hey, there you go. I, I'm here for you. Uh, you heading go. into Seattle, definitely going to be using the running backs a lot more. There's not much in receiving once Baldwin is retiring. You have Tyler Lockett and DJ Metcalf. Jazz Ferguson looked like he showed out a little bit towards the end of the game, so that's exciting to see. Um, buddy old pal Doug, that's who he was. Uh, had a massive crush on heading into the draft, you know. We almost had him on the show as well. Maybe I shouldn't say that. Maybe I do. Too late. Already said it. Things didn't work out, but wishing that guy the best. Pop, he was a potential friend of the show, but he's not. Our friend of the show, Dalton Reisner, looking pretty solid so far through season camp. So props to him. Shout out to you, Mr. Reisner. Repping the Colorado fam proudly. Small town Colorado boy playing for the home team. All right, now that we're past the friends of the shows here, Last game, Tampa Bay versus Pittsburgh. One more thing on that game. I'm, oh, I apologize. Yeah. And, yeah, so I think that this defense isn't going to be as good. Seattle's, that is. Cody Barton, though, looking solid. Former Ute. He's going to be playing alongside Mr. Bobby Wagner. So two Utah boys. Well, Utah State boy. But, um He's looking really good, but they're going to be down, right? They're not going to be. It's not going to be like it was last year, and so I don't think they're going to be as run heavy. I still think they're going to be one of the most run heavy teams, but not the most run heavy. And so that's why we're also thinking that the running backs are going to be a lot more valuable in the passing game. So we got a few more games here. Let's start out with Tampa Bay Pittsburgh. Uh, what do you got on this game, Austin? Uh, I really don't have that much. Uh, okay. there, I didn't really get much out of it, honestly. It a decent game. But, yeah, yeah, honestly, I don't really have much on it. I thought Jameis Winston looked fine. He, he You know, he's doing what Jameis Winston does. Uh, Chris Godwin looks good. He seems to really be playing that role that Bruce Arians had as Fitzgerald in the Arizona days. Like, he, there was that screen pass that he, they ran a few times, and that's actually what he scored his touchdown on. That's the same play they used to run with Fitzgerald all the time in Arizona. So, there's that one. Let's go to your team, 
So, because I know that you were tuned in and watching literally every single play of that game. For some unknown reason, you're still watching it with two minutes left in the fourth quarter. But uh, go ahead. Tell me all about it. Yeah, well, I definitely watched the whole game because I know that entire roster inside and out. And yet I was still surprised by some of the guys that I watched. The first drive, Patrick Mahomes comes out, lays a dime to Travis Kelsey on a wheel route. Have you seen that zoom in play yet? Yes. I feel like if I'm looking at that, I'm not throwing the Travis Kelsey. I'm throwing the Sammy Watkins. And guess what? That's a fucking pick six. <laughs> That's yeah. why I'm not a quarterback. Because I'm not seeing Travis Kelsey open there. I'm like, ooh, Sammy Watkins is in front of the defender. Got him beat. Bam. There's a safety. They came out going well. My favorite part of the game with Mahomes driving, though, was when he goes, steps out of the pocket, makes a play to the right side of the field. Looks like he's about to dive in the end zone. Sees a safety or linebacker coming in pretty hard and goes, psych. I think I'm just going to kind of go ahead and slide here and not take the hit. They got they interviewed him on the sideline. He goes, regular season, I'm diving for a touchdown all day. But he's like, I'm not taking it here. And in game, they asked Andy Reid. His response was, well, that's why you take him out of the game right there. And they, they ran one more play. It was a rush right up the middle. Carlos Hyde for the touchdown. And then Patrick was out for the evening. Other than that, heading to their roster, their defense looked good. Some young, promising talent with Tano Passino showing up. Uh, Breland Speaks didn't look too bad. Brashad Breland, the corner that they picked up in free agents, you know, they tried to trade for him. A corner that's willing to hit, that's what Kansas City needs. Juan Thornhill looked really well. Some young talent, Mark Fields, didn't look that bad. I think he only got beat on one or two plays. But the defense was nice. It was a very exciting to see a different pace, you know, of play there. Darren Lee was a guy that really stood out, though. He was all over the place for me. Several tackles in the middle of the field holding it down. Reggie Ragland looked faster. Dorian O'Daniel, expecting a big lead out of him this year, but he was playing in the fourth quarter. And I, I guess I just don't know if maybe I'm over overhyping him or something, but to be playing in the fourth quarter of the preseason one game, it, I mean, that's the competing time. Like, that's when you're competing for a job there. So that made me kind of nervous. But for the receivers for Kansas City, that's going to be a hard decision for that front office to make because there's a lot of studs there. And I don't want to spend more time on the Chiefs than anyone else, but I just I watched that entire game, so I know. But Cody Thompson, the kid at Toledo, has a good fighting chance to make that team because great block on special teams, and then he goes in and goes two for two on catches. That next drive shows great acceleration off the line of scrimmage, gets separation. Brian Pringle is another kid that looked – or Byron, excuse me. The kid out of Kansas State from two years ago last year, he got hurt in the last offseason game. But he's looking pretty set this year, and he might be the number four guy for the Chiefs moving into the regular season. But I want to see more in this preseason in the camp. And the receiver position as well as the secondary are the two positions that I'm going to be focusing on the most for the Kansas City Chiefs. And then with Cincinnati, yikes, bro. Yikes. Mike or Ryan Finley, there's a potential he could take that job because he was looking stellar. That second half. I mean, that ball, that boy was zipping the ball. Yeah, there were a lot of comeback routes or whatnot, but he was getting the ball there quick and then giving his receivers time to make a play. So if Andy Dalton is starting to suck ass, which we have noticed him to do kind of towards once the season's over just at times, and I know we've been huge promoters of him. I feel like I'm doing a lot of talking here. But we expect a big year out of Cincinnati and Andy Dalton moving forward. But... If Ryan Finley continues to light it up like he did and he gets the notice of his teammates, 
it's going to be a Derek Carr type situation of what we saw in Hard Knocks, where the team is talking about Finley and going, hey, our starter's not the starter. This guy is. For sure. And the offensive line is clearly the worry in Cincinnati, but I think they, they just have enough talent. They, they shouldn't be getting the talk of number one pick. I don't think that they're that bad. But, and I mean, they drove it down on uh, KC their first drive. Went down and scored. It was it was a good drive. I know that they almost fumbled it there. But going back to what we talked about a couple episodes ago, it's clear, that, and I think they actually came out and said it this week, but it's clear that it's going to be a little bit of a run, running back by committee in Kansas City, right? Most definitely. Yeah. Like, I mean, most definitely. Start for the long pause there. I was shaking my head as in like, yes, yes, yes. And then I was like, hey, Austin, you have to talk here. So, yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's definitely going to be running back by committee. Just a lot of talent there. I there mean, Davis Williams, Carlos Hyde, um, Darwin Thompson looked well. He had a touchdown. The young kid that's from Lee Summit here in the area, I don't know his last name, and I feel bad not knowing it. He showed out. He had like a huge 40-yard rush there at the end. Massive arms, strong running back. Dude, he has the potential to kind of maybe make this roster and compete at the running back position. And if it comes down to him and Thompson, I don't think I'm going to be that worried about it. But the other yeah. Williams kid out of LSU, he was behind Geis. That's another promising talent as well. He didn't really play much, but if given the chance, I think he can shine. Yeah, I think I love the running backs on Kansas City and Buffalo. I think those two teams have the most depth at the position. Did you see the... The former rugby players touchdown for the Bills. Yeah, Christian Wade, dude, took yeah. off. Took off, dude. It was <laughs> crazy. So yeah, I, I'm I'm very excited to see like what happens with both of those running back rooms. Uh, Josh Caldwell is the kid from Lee Summit that had the the huge breakout run. Um, Darrell Williams is the Williams that I'm talking about out of LSU that has the potential. And if those guys show up and play along with Darwin Thompson. Damian Williams and Carlos Hyde just become trade pieces. Go get a corner. Go get some extra picks. Because maybe at the end of this season, if they win a Super Bowl and you have those two sitting there, that's people want winners, and there are going to be two of them right there if they're still on the team. Yeah, so Carlos Hyde was a one-year deal, though, right? Yeah, like one yeah, mil so. or one year, two mil or something like that. Yeah. Not very big. <laughs> if he got traded again, four, fourth or fifth team in three years, God, that would be... That'd be rough, considering he was, like, a huge name. Everybody wanted him, like, three years ago. Crazy. It's just how yeah. it happens, yeah. You kind of hate to see it. <laughs> yeah, you do hate to see it, for sure. But All right, let's move on to the next one. Here. Yep. Yep. So, Oakland and the Rams. Um, this one's hard. Hard to really talk about. Like, neither team started anyone. Like, everybody was kind of sitting there. Uh, Cleveland Furl looked good. I mean, he, he made some plays, and, but overall, it's, you know, n- nothing really to talk about in this game starter-wise. Uh, Taylor Rapp made some good plays for the Rams. I think that yeah. he's going to make a big difference. I think that he may he may fight for, you know, playing time there and, hit, and having him and Eric Weddle in that backfield, which would be an awesome DB room. And this is a game that I really didn't see much out of at all. They were playing at the same time as the Chiefs game, so I really wasn't paying attention. I wasn't flipping between games. I was zoned in on the Chiefs game. So 
if you have more information on it, dude, go ahead. Because I, I'm not going to sit here and try and fib. I, I really wasn't paying much attention to it. That, that's really, really all I had because I was watching the next game we're talking about, which is Dallas-San Francisco. That's what I had. I watched all last night. That was my main focus. So, and, Yeah, go ahead and get into that then. Let's roll. Cool. All right. So I think that Dallas has... So and given they didn't really play, but just watching the way the style of defense that they're wanting to play this year, <coughs> excuse me, their D their linebackers are going to be awesome. Like with Sean Lee, with Jalen Smith and Van Der Esch, I think that those three like teams aren't going to know. And I think they even came out and said this: teams are going to have no idea who's the Will, who's the Sam, who's the middle linebacker. Right? They're going to just be playing and playing all different positions, and it just depends on what play they're doing. So I think that's going to cause. It's going to cause some issues for offensives on their trying to get protection set. So there's that. Um, Pollard, the running back for Dallas, that dude's going to make plays. He, they, this is why they're waiting on the whole Zeke thing. And no, he's not going to be Zeke. Nobody can be Zeke. But this is why they're going to, they want to show, hey Zeke, like we got somebody that can that can take care of us for a little bit. If you if you really do want to hold out. What number is he? Number Weird is he? question, but yeah, what number is he? I don't know what number he was. Do you know, or is this a trick question? No, I was just asking. Because if he's oh. like one of those numbers, if he's like a number 40 or something, he's not going to be that good. I mean, he oh. might if he's a lower 30 number, but if he's like in the low 20s or a high, if he's in a 20 number at all, there's a possibility he's going to be a decent running back. That's just kind of what I've picked up. I've never seen a running back with a number over 40, and I'm like, hey, this guy's pretty good. Yeah, I just don't see it. And I don't really see it with the 30s either unless you're 31, 35. You know, well, he's 36. Well, son of a bitch. There you go. <laughs> Zeke, you're fine. <laughs> you're fine. Enjoy Tabo. Yeah. What about <laughs> what about Mike Weber? Mike How Weber, did he look? He didn't look that good. He just didn't. Yeah. But again, he came, he came in like with all of the backups and stuff. And it's yeah. just always, sometimes it's just hard. I want to see him with the starting O-line. So I still think that with those two, they would be, they'd be happy with what they had without Zeke for a little bit. So, um, they had of a wide receiver Johnson who looked pretty damn good. He had a couple drops, but he looked pretty good. And then rush. I believe he's from Texas A&M. Do you remember the name rush? I don't. Oh, Maybe I, I want to say it's Texas A&M. I might have a Big Twelve school, and I know, yes, I know Texas A&M is in the SEC. I'm, I apologize. I meant, or he came from an impact, um, Big Twelve. Whatever. Uh, he looked good. He did. He threw it for a lot. He threw for a lot. Um, looked accurate, but that's. I mean, it's Dak's show. Did you see that Dak declined down thirty million dollars a year? Million dollars. <laughs> what does this dude want? Like we we have to talk about it. The real quick thing about San Francisco, it was nice to see Debo Samuel look good. Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo, I don't think he played, but it's nah, just nice to have the guys back and healthy. Um, defense looked all right. Definitely got a lot of young talent there, but it was nice to see Debo Samuel making plays and heard. Yes, yes. Awesome. He he looked really good. Mullins looked good. I think that they are completely happy with the backup their backup quarterback. I think that. I think I'm with you now. I I think San Francisco is going to be a lot better than what I thought they were going to be. Yep. I think that they they finally have the athletes on offense that Shanahan's like, good. 
now I can have my Atlanta, my Atlanta if, offense. Yes, if they can stay healthy, like that's it. If your defense gets hurt, you're fucked. I mean, that's that's truly what it's going to be is being hurt. You know, I heard a rumor over this weekend that it's the cap curse, or maybe I might call it the Alex Smith curse because ever since you traded Alex Smith, it's been injury and just mayhem within the San Francisco 49ers. Someone said it was cap because of the whole situation of him being, you know, released and not played or whatnot. But I'm really starting to think the beginning of the end was the Smith was the trade of Alex Smith. And he ended well with Kansas City, and that's why we're going to see Kansas City go well. And then he goes to Washington, and he can't get past the Joe Theismann curse, which is just snapping his leg. So the exact same situation takes place. The same throwing yards, the same completion percentage, the same spot of the field, the same score. Bro. Wasn't it the same date? Yes. Same I, date. Bro, I just I just figured it out. San Francisco, you're fucked. <laughs> you're, you're fucked. But let's get but let's get past that. So Dak wants thirty million dollars a year. Let's just get back into this. Why, what does he want to get paid if he if thirty million is not enough? He needs to fire his agent for not saying, "Hey, you need to make sure you just assign this piece of paper." Yeah, you got to get a new agent for sure. That's what's needed. Oh, maybe some just more. <laughs> I cannot believe it. Just fires agent. He says it's all the agent's fault. Oh, I think that might be it. That all we have for the preseason. Is there anything else you want to get into here, Trees? No, I think I think that's about it for today. Um, in the next episode or two, we're gonna do some fantasy football talk, which we're looking forward to. Uh, we're just getting that all prepped. So. Uh, let's see. Next episode, I'm gonna have a couple of Trisivius, so that'll be good. We'll cause we'll be able to talk about that before all the preseason games start. But I mean, dude, we're we're like three weeks away from the start of the season. But I think I think you're right though. I think that's all for tonight. So you guys enjoy the rest of your week. And tonight we've been talking football.